because it is far more than a, a business sham. It's a, a very dangerous, entrapping, cultish movement here in which uh, you can be sucked in and, and you, you, could, you could really become dominated and, and persuaded. Everybody is vulnerable yeah, to this. Yeah, you got God. My guest today is Robert Fitzpatrick. More than 5 million Americans each year are allured into pyramid sales schemes. Consumer losses exceeded $10 billion annually, with many people losing their life savings. Robert is an expert in examining and revealing deception and fraud in bogus home-based businesses. He has been featured on NBC Dateline, ABC World News, and 60 Minutes. His latest book, Ponzianomics, is the first comprehensive account of how multi-level marketing was created in America, escaped criminal and civil prosecution, and spread all over the world. I recently sat down with Robert, and we talked about how more than 99% of the people that join pyramid sales schemes lose their money, squander time, and recruit their friends and relatives into the folly. Robert, thanks so much for being on the show. I greatly appreciate it, and I was looking forward to it since we last spoke, and uh, you sent me your book. Uh, really good stuff. Yes, thanks, Charles. Um, thank you for your interest, too, uh, and hopefully we can shed some light on this subject. All right. The name of the book, folks, is Ponzinomics, The Untold Story of Multi-Level Marketing. Now, before we even begin, could you explain in simple English what MLM or multi-level marketing is? So multi-level marketing is a phenomenon, I would call it, a phenomenon that developed uh, actually after World War II, but it really took off in America after 1980. Uh, it is described as a form of direct selling. In reality, very few people actually make money selling products. The key feature that distinguishes it is it is based upon what is called an endless chain. That is, the money that you gain is primarily from other salespeople that you are allowed to recruit in a genealogy, a chain that never breaks, that never ends, rather, goes on forever. So you can join it 20 years later, and you're authorized to go and recruit more people who can recruit more people and who can recruit more people. All of them sell a product. That's how the money is transferred. The money flows uh, in a formula of allocation from the last person in all the way back to the first. So, and the formula concentrates that money to the top. So you have this pattern of super wealthy people at the very top of these schemes. And there are hundreds of them now in the United States. And virtually everybody else uh, makes nothing. Okay. So <clears throat> how big is multi-level marketing companies that do this? Is there one company, like I know Amway is one of them. Uh, are there like 10, 20, dozens? How much are we talking about? And, and also, what type of what type of dollar amounts? Well, most people are shocked to know this, but uh, this business is approaching $200 billion globally. And it's over 30 billion in the United States per year, bearing in mind that it's affecting 16 to 20 million people in the US a year. About one in six households in the US are involved every year. If you look at this on a more cumulative basis, which is the correct way to examine it, it is uh, an ongoing phenomenon, churning people in and out, in and out year by year. Virtually every household in America has been touched by it. I can't meet anybody today who doesn't have a multi-level marketing experience. So uh, it's huge, but its footprint is larger than the dollars because the dollars are accounted for only in terms of purchases. But people will often put off college, quit jobs, um, uh, Change, change their careers and so on as a consequence of the promises that these schemes make to people. So it has a very powerful impact on people's social and personal lives. Uh, and 
that isn't accounted for financially. Right. Okay, so there's the dollar pro there's a dollar uh, cost to this, and then there's the human cost, and we'll we'll deal with both today. But first, I just want to get it through. What actually is a multi-level marketing? Which you explained. It's basically not selling product, but the product is the reason that is used to get more people involved, so to make money off those sales, off those people, yeah. right? It's often said the real product is the business opportunity. Right. And if you say, well, what is the business opportunity? It's the opportunity to sell the business opportunity. Again, what opportunity? So you can see the endless chain and the absence of any underlying value here. It's, it's valuable if you can sell it to somebody who can sell it and so on. Right. right. So you don't care about someone who buys and uses the product. The concern really is you're trying to sell. You're not going to make money that way. The game is structured and fixed. So the person who sells the most people, who gets them in their downline, they're the ones who are rewarded. Precisely. I mean, th think about it in the 21st century, the idea of people selling ordinary cosmetics and beauty supplies or other commodities, person to person, on your own, one at a time, in the era of Costco and Amazon, uh, who would need such a salesperson right, right. and how could they ever make a profit in that way? Right. So it is called direct selling. There is a product, but that's not what the business you know, you is know, about. You bring up something really, really that, that you just reminded me of. <clears throat> I have a friend of mine uh, who about 25, 30 years ago, when uh, Amway, they seem to go in waves. Uh, Amway was uh, got into our community somehow. And they were having meetings and people were giving these cryptic calls like, you know, Charles, I want you to come over to my house tomorrow night with your wife. What's it about? Oh, you know, we'll just talk. It's a business opportunity. What's the opportunity? Let me know if I'm interested. No, you, we'll talk face to face. That was my first red flag. If you can't tell me on the phone, it's not a business opportunity. You know, it's, it's, it's baloney. So anyway, uh, one of my friends um, uh, was involved with it and really like, you know, they, they bring another person to do the sales. I went just out of respect for him. And it was a joke, you know, like uh, I said, you know, here's a, here's a thing of toothpaste. I know what the markup is. I know what the cost is more or less. How does everybody make money if the toothpaste costs a dollar? How does everyone make money off this cost of one dollar? It's just impossible. But, you know, reference, it was just a lot of baloney. I just couldn't understand it from the perspective of there's cost of goods and there's everything else. And now you're telling me. You're able to sell this for a little more than the store, and everybody makes a profit. I said, "Yeah, your experience is is classic, actually. Uh, first, the business was based upon leveraging a relationship. So there's the first violation there. You know, generally, most people are very careful to keep social relations protected from commercial." exploitation or don't go don't, don't go influence. into business with your friends right it's it's never works yeah, out right? I, I mean this is an ancient <laughs> right, practice right. and wisdom that was violated right from the beginning then the person didn't tell you what it was all about that's that's a withhold that is also a violation of trust and then when you arrive you had the knowledge to actually ask critical questions uh, uh, that would be normal in due diligence and they really can't answer them so you see that there's really no business substance there, but there is a very clever and scripted and very powerful method that has been developed for drawing people in and leveraging personal contacts, personal relationships, family relationships, and so on. And that's, that is really the way this spreads is virally that there's nothing there underneath in the way of an actual business until you strip away the whole talk about selling and look at the recruiting model. And there is, in fact, a program there that is crafted and has been crafted over the years to benefit a very small number of people at the direct cost of everybody else. So, yeah, there are so many red flags that start off with, let me talk to you about the business opportunity. They can't tell you on the phone. Uh, okay. Uh, you go into their home, uh, you're met with someone more experienced who never answers any questions directly, but sells a dream, uh, sells, uh, uh, I said, I'm not going to go ahead and introduce you to every person I know to sell them a bar of soap. Well, if you see a movie and you like the movie and you tell people it's advertised, I just don't, it doesn't make any sense to me. 
So all of these, all of these things to me were red flags, but tens of mil- billions of dollars are lost each and every year. And I think you told, you wrote in the book, it was $5 million, 5 million people or so, uh, maybe even more, each year go through, new people go through this, are recruited. So my question is, what's the allure? Why does a sophisticated person, not even sophisticated, let me just back up. Why does a person who wouldn't do stupid things in business, who has somewhat of an education, who uh, has some means, they're, they're not, you know, welfare people, how does how does the dynamics work that someone who you would think would never be snookered into something like this gets sucked right in and falls for it hook, line, and sinker? Yeah, that's that's probably the most important question and goes to the heart of this thing. Uh, and it's the truth of the answer to that is <clears throat> pretty disturbing, I think. To many people because it reveals something about the the nature of our economy and our culture right now but first of all uh the the promise the claim that is made is uh can be absolutely electrifying it does not begin by answering questions like you asked the due diligence questions how does the model work where are the margin doesn't begin that way. It normally, the scripted solicitation begins by asking the person, what do you want in life? What are you looking for? And what have you not achieved that you wanted to achieve in your life? Where are your areas of disappointment and, and, and re- resignation and so on? And it unlocks in many people a torrent of what is has become now for many people tremendous frustration at the ability to move their lives forward. Since the 70s, at least, millions of people have felt frustrated from social mobility. College is becoming out of reach, home ownership is, and they see their incomes kind of sliding backwards. This has gotten worse and worse as time went on. So there is an enormous pent up frustration, yet there is also still great faith in the American dream. But most people are honestly are losing that faith in the conventional economy. Multi-level marketing comes along and says, that faith is warranted and you can still gain all these things but this is the model that you now need to pursue. Now, if you have bought into the idea of that narrative about dreams becoming fulfilled without either the experience or the knowledge, or they have successfully diverted you from the critical due diligence questions, you can be pulled into this very readily. It unleashes in people a torrent of hope and and desire for things uh, that not greed. I'm talking about normal expectations of things that they would love to achieve in their life and are not really meeting those those expectations. Now, that does all sound like a classic, too good to be true, you know, except this proposition has behind it the endorsement of the U.S. Federal Trade Commission, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, a 46-member caucus in the U.S. Congress, the Department of State, and the Department of Commerce. On top of that, Wall Street, major institutions invest in it. Uh, And then, of course, we have major media that for years and years told stories about all the success people are enjoying without doing any investigation into the losses that millions and millions were suffering. So the average person who is solicited today can be overwhelmed by these endorsements, can be manipulated by these very scripted solicitations that attempt to get inside your soul and divert you from doing normal due diligence. Also bear in mind, Charles, most people have never been in business. They, they don't, they've never owned their own business. They don't know about costs and profit margins and things like that. So they don't really know how to scrutinize such a, a, an invitation. So it, to them, it may not sound too good to be true. It just sounds like maybe this is the 
the opportunity come, that's come knocking. Right. And it's a low dollar cost entry, right? Usually they suck in a very yes. low amount of money. And it, the, the promise is the effort and time and labor you put in will be rewarded exponentially. So who wouldn't want to do that, right? The exponential math element of it is a very curious thing because very few people, it really, for most people, this exponential math is a kind of blind spot in our, in our education, I would say, um, because many people don't understand it. You know, I, I use examples like it, if I gave you a choice here, I can give you a million dollars today, right now in your hand, or I'll give you one penny today and we'll just double the penny just for 30 days. Day one, you have a penny. Day two, you have two pennies. And day three, you have four pennies. We get 26 more days. Or you can take the million now. Yeah, by day 20, it's going to be oh, a lot of fun. <laughs> it's almost five, almost almost $5 million you would yeah. have it on the 30th day. See, it is a kind of, it seems counterintuitive. And so most people don't really grasp when they say, just recruit five people. And they'll recruit 25 people and they'll recruit 125. You've already got over 150 people in your downline. So, sounds kind which, of which, feasible. Let me interrupt you a second, please. Out of those, out of that, so if I just recommend my five friends and they recommend five friends each, it's not that hard, right? They see 10, they get only five. That's 25. And just keep replicating this. Uh, I'm going to make, because I'm on top here, I'm of this pyramid, I'm going to make money on, let's say, what is a third level, 150 people every time they sell a tube of toothpaste, cosmetics. Every time they buy. Every time they buy, I shouldn't say you're right. They don't have to sell it. You're right, you're right. Good distinction, and we'll we'll definitely touch on that. This is, the more you buy, the more, it's ridiculous. Okay, okay. You know, it's like you're going to Costco, and the way Costco makes money is they keep buying their own goods. (laughs) They go to the cash register, they don't sell anything. That's right, they're their own customer. They're their own customer, right. So uh, by the 100, you have this 150 pool of people under you, you're getting a percentage on all revenue generated from that, from all those levels. And it's extremely enticing, but as you mentioned in your book, you get down to the 13th level, so those five do five, and those five do, and keep going. How many people does that come out to? Only 13 levels down? You know, 13 below the first or second level, yeah. you, well, you'd exceed the population of the earth. Right. So yeah, you'd be coming up over 7 billion 7 people. 7 billion people selling your... Yeah, that's product. exponential math. Right. Of course, you don't have to go that far, you know, because uh, just it, it, the, the chain will break very quickly. The people you know are people they know, too. So, you know, there's an, an, an interchange. And getting that many people to buy into your scheme is not that easy and so on. So the chains don't really, but the point is the proposition is an absurd proposition on its face. If it should work for you to go 525, 125, (laughs) should should work for the 125, right? right? And should work for, so it should absolutely consume the whole earth. In a a heartbeat. If it were possible. But of course it doesn't. Now you brought up something which I was totally wrong about and that's, that's the nuance. Uh, that's that's the way I see is the game changer where this all falls to pieces if you know what you're looking for. I said everything they sell in terms of the product. You correctly pointed out it's not what they sell it, it's what they buy. Could you explain to me the distinction between the two and how multi-level marketing works on the person in your downline buying stuff where people have garages full of this stuff that they'll never sell, but they keep buying it to be their own best customer. Yes. So I, the question I'm so often asked, uh, in fact, you asked it uh, to define multi-level marketing. Sometimes I'm asked to distinguish it from a pyramid scheme. And what I, to define it, I try to describe the four main components of it. The first one we already covered, the so-called endless chain, which of course is an illusion Nothing is an endless chain, especially in business. Um, And maybe in religion, you could have such an idea of infinite, but not not in business. So uh, the second one, though, is called pay to play. This is critical because 
if it is an absurdity that I would go out on my own from my house and begin selling skin cream to my friends, I can't do that, really. I might lean on a few, but after that, I'm not going to get very far. So really what I'm doing is selling the proposition now of, of, of the endless chain. So where's the money come from then? If really selling is not where I'm going to make money, where does the money? Well, it comes from the chain itself, inside the chain. Every MLM has what they call purchase quotas. So for you to get in on this amazing opportunity based upon this genealogy of people that are going to join up, you have to maintain a certain level of volume. The easiest way to maintain that volume is you buy it yourself every month, sign up on an auto order, comes into your house. And so now you're qualified. And if I recruit you and four others, I'll get the override. And if you recruit, as long as you're buying, so every person has this inducement or conscription to make purchases, not because they're going to be able to resell them, but because they qualify you for the money that to be gained through the recruiting okay, process. Okay, let me interrupt you a second. That's where the money comes from. Let me interrupt from. you a second, so just make sure I got this right. If I buy $1,000 worth of product, that will entitle me to make X dollars on everyone who buys under me. If I only buy right. $22 worth, I won't be able to get... I will only get a partial amount, which is considerably smaller. Therefore, or, or none. Right, or none. So therefore, mm -hmm. for me to maintain my big dream of making a certain percentage on everyone in my downline, I need to maintain a certain level of volume. And if I don't, you know, my thinking is, gosh, I'll get these people anyway. But if I don't, you know, put the money up and buy the stuff, I'm going to get real sick seeing my 20 people in my downline make a zillion dollars and I won't be able to make any money of that because I was too cheap. Exactly. And that's it. So there's, there's the, the requirement, but also the inducement, because uh, if you stop buying, you're going to lose everything. You're no longer qualified. So if you have gone to all that trouble and you've recruited and leaned on your friends and then they did that, and you've got a bit of a downline built up now, you better keep maintaining your purchases. And they must also for the same reasons. So that's how the system generates cash without a product demand. Right, right. There's no demand for that product. It, and it doesn't matter what competitive similar products sell for, because that's not why I'm really buying it is I didn't go out and price shop it, right? So it doesn't need a consumer market. It doesn't need a demand. And it, it is not sensitive to price competition. So it has created its own artificial market, yet it will report to Wall Street or to the SEC or to the bank, we made X amount of sales. Sounds great. We call ourselves direct selling, but this isn't sales based on markets. This is a sales based on a false financial promise. And that's where I think multi-level marketing should be completely distinguished and separated from, it has very little to do with the products themselves. And people, some of these products are fruit juices, uh, powders. I mean, right. the, 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 they're things that you could get anywhere. Right, the product is not, as you mentioned, the product's not the story, right? It could literally the product be, is not the it story. could be anything. And you know, I'm going to give us an exercise when, we're, when you go through the uh, third and fourth step. But, and, and we'll replace it with, with uh, something else, but I just want to do this as a demonstration. It could literally be, folks, be any product, any product. It doesn't matter because the product's really the reason that they can stay in business doing this. Because if you don't have the product, then you're really in trouble. Then you're a pyramid scheme according to the eyes of the government from what I understand. So you put the product in there. It's like a few years ago, I think it was eBay, had a, uh, a ban on selling, reselling tickets you know, sporting event tickets for like a baseball game or something. So you can do a certain markup. So the thing was, you know, I have two tickets to the to the Nets, uh, you know, Nick's, Nick game courtside uh, for free, but the hat, the base, the, the, the Nick hat cost $2,000. <laughs> so you know, you're like buying the hat in order to get the tickets, but we all knew that was a sham. This really, the product or whatever the service or product is, is just a reason for it to be in existence. It's not the main 
It's not the main thing that is being sold here. It's the dream. Fair? Yes, that, that's that's well said. It, the product is a is a mechanism for uh, a vehicle for transferring the money you, you bought. It's buy sell transactions. That's how the money is moved in India. Recently, last month, the equivalent uh, to the FinCEN in the United States, the Financial Crimes and Enforcement Agency, and has uh, accused prosecuted the Amway Corporation of money laundering. Now, they're not saying Amway's engaged in some nefarious secret business. What they're saying is that the what you've really done is sold a pyramid scheme. This is what the complaint is that was registered. And you've laundered the money through commissions and profits. The profits come out of India, go to the United States. They were laundered as if they were had been part of a direct selling business, but that was only a front for what was really a pyramid recruiting scheme. That's the accusation. And that's, an, I think, an apt description of what we're talking about here in relation to the price, uh, to the product, to the actual um, enterprise itself, is that the, the, the product is a mechanism for executing this uh, recruiting scheme Instead of just handing money back and forth, there's a product as an intermediary, you might call it. Right. Okay. You So you mentioned two pillars. You said there was a third one and a fourth one. What's the third one? So you have pay to play. What's the next one? Yeah. So the first one was the endless chain, which is unique. No, no other business on earth would ever say our market is infinite. And we can have as many salespeople in Chicago as possible. There is no limit to the number of salespeople we're going to put in South, South Chicago, no, no company would ever say such a thing, but they do in multi-level marketing. Second one was the pay to play, which creates an internal revenue stream. And the third one is a recruiting mandate. That is, even though it's called direct selling, you don't make money unless you recruit people. How do you recruit people? Well, you recruit people by telling them that they will recruit too. So uh, it, I called it a recruiting mandate. So again, if you're a salesperson for a real company, they don't tell you for you to make money. You have to go out and find some more people to sell this product for us. Of course not. We'd be competing. You'd be creating your own competitor. So, but in multi-level marketing, that is the essential one of the four essential components that make up what multi-level marketing is: an endless chain in which you pay to get on it and keep paying through monthly purchases and fees and other things. And then, for you to generate money for yourself and for the company, you recruit other people into it who must do the same. And again, this is a unique characteristic of MLM, and it's the one most people encounter. You were being recruited. They, that, that friend that invited you over that night, he didn't just want to sell you the product. He wanted to sell you the opportunity. Right. So, so what I told my friend that I said, tell you what, I'll buy all the toothpaste. And I told my wife, I said, all right, from now on, we buy toothpaste, soap, and whatever stuff they sold from this guy. He goes, no, that's not it. I go, then what is it? I'm not going to use my phone book that back in the day to call every Tom, Dick, and Harry I know and tell them buy soap from me. It's it's, it's like you that's know that's what he wanted you to do. Yeah, and I said I'll buy the product. And you, but the product, first of all, they spent like ten minutes telling me how great the product is, how it's equivalent or better than. So I said, okay, I'll buy the product. I'll be a user, but I'm not going to be a seller. I wasn't interested. I wasn't interested. No. All right. So the third. No. So that was the third. Uh, so you have endless chain. You have pay to play. You have, um, what we just, how would we sum that up? A, recruit, a recruiting right. mandate. Right, recruiting a mandate. Recruiting man, mandate, And yes. the fourth? The fourth is the one that few people grasp, um, and it is uh, the, the math formula behind this. That's, again, remember, each of these, these components work together. You know, the endless chain allows the promise of unlimited income. That's the electrifying promise. The pay-to-play creates the revenue now that where the money will be transferred. The recruiting mandate is, the, in effect, the mechanism for expanding this thing and for drawing in more money. The fourth element uh, is called an extreme money transfer. And uh, again, for people who've never been in business or in sales, which many people have never been in sales, um, you, you would not really understand this, even if it's sort of said to you. But basically, it comes down to this. 
in a normal sales company, in a normal sales transaction, there's a commission when the sale is made. And the person that makes that sale gets the commission, but they may have a manager or maybe a manager as a manager, and they will get a small cut out of that transaction too. But the majority of that money is going to go to the person that made that sale. And, and normally, and, and they would have to in order for them to be able to make this profitable. And they added the most value. In multi-level marketing, it is the opposite. The person that recruits you gets the least amount of the total commission that will come out of that transaction. The majority of the commission, so-called, which is a, roughly 40% of whatever is paid, is going to go upline and the majority of it is going to go to the top of the chain. So I've examined scores of these companies in the various court cases that I've been involved in and as just for consumer education purposes and helping with media. And it always works out that at least 50 or more percent of the trans of the commission on all transactions go to the top 1% who are light years away from the sale. They may be in another continent. They are usually in another continent. Um, and the, there's a little bit that's trickled down to the people in between. And the person at the end doesn't get enough to make that transaction really useful or profitable. So you can see that it's elegantly designed to reward the recruiter the top recruiters, the ones who are orchestrating. So really, the really, the, the, the top recruiters, I, I would just qualify that by saying the people who started this, because once you go a generation or two away, you're done. It's, it's, you're talking about thousands of people. So um, uh, if you and I, right on this podcast now, we're going to start the uh, Charles Patrick or Patrick, uh, it's Patrick Mizrahi MLM, and we're going to sell these books as a, as a multi-level market. We just follow this playbook and we'll, we'll be able to replicate a lot of the success that these MLMs have in terms of the money they make. Is that more or less fair? Absolutely. In fact, multi-level marketing not only is based on endless expansion, but the business itself endlessly expands. The very first MLM uh, produced Amway. In other words, the first MLM was called Neutralite. Amway was made up of two guys who worked for 10 years at Neutralite, which was the first MLM. They learned the whole model, and then they went and duplicated it. And from there, M uh, Amway has become <laughs> the genius, you know, the grandparent of hundreds of others. Uh, and so... That is exactly, and they all follow the same okay. script. They use the same so Robert, pay plan, let me, let me, more or less. Let me interrupt you, Robert. Yes? Let me interrupt you. Let's say we have an ML, M, MLM guy here, and they've been in and they've been working this for the past five years or so, and they say, you know what? You're just a washed-up old guy who's just cranky because you never made money. I want to tell you, I was at a convention. They had 1,000 people in that room, and they gave 50 people beautiful Mercedes-Benz, and another people bought their own island, another group uh, put their kids through college and bought Rolex watches, and they gave away gifts, and they gave away all this. And I heard someone on stage for about a half hour talk about people like you who were going to destroy my dream. Because I'm looking around, everyone around me is making money. What do you say to those people? Uh, uh, well, uh, Who are those people? I, uh, are they real, or what's what game are they playing at this, at this point? There are a few, Charles, that are real. There are some that are... Someone just sent me a, 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 a notice from Charlotte, North Carolina, where I'm originally from, of a sale of a house recently, 24,000 square foot house that was built by an Amway distributor uh, some years ago. And 24,000 square foot, at that time, there was no other house in that area of that scale. And the real estate people said, we don't have a word for this. <laughs> Warehouse. Oh, a 24,000 square foot. It's a warehouse. Yeah, what is this thing? And and it looked like something that would make the Downton Abbey, you know, <laughs> look, look like nothing. So um, some people are making vast amounts of money. And the companies themselves, the owners, are making ungodly amounts of money. And so 
there is real money. <laughs> if all these people are losing and they're using the money's going somewhere and it's elegant, as I say, elegantly designed to concentrate it and send it to a very few people at the top. However, these events are staged scams, honestly. I have personally talked to many people who were speakers at these schemes, at these, at these events. And a couple have written books about this. They weren't making any money at all. They were maybe making 30 or 40,000 and after expenses, they were making nothing. They were on the stage, hyping this up, talking about how wonderful it is. People came up and asked for their autographs thinking they were millionaires. So a lot of it is pure hot air. It is just uh, hype and it is false too. And it, it is just marketing. It's just marketing. It, there's no substance there. What they're really saying is that anybody could do it, could possibly do it. And so from there, now it just gets stretched out into, well, what did you do? Well, I'm not making it now, but I'm going to on my way. And so pretty soon, instead of saying, I haven't made it yet, but I'm on my way, they just say, I've made it. Got it. So there's a <clears throat> lot of false testimony at these events. And, <clears throat> and overall, the message, of course, is utterly false. Because if you need a thousand people underneath you, then it takes a thousand people to lose for you to be profitable. Well, who's going to buy into a program that only one in a thousand make money in? But that's really the truth of it. Okay, so they have a lot of psychological factors at play. Uh, once they get you in, they're playing with the, your emotions. It's not a business deal anymore. It's the, the weaknesses in your life and your aspirations and your dreams and your goals that are, play, are really preyed upon not P-R-A-Y, P-R-E-Y. Uh, they, they really preyed upon it. They're dangled. Uh, you don't want it. You want to supply for your family. Got that. Then when you buy into it, literally buy into it, with the money, you already, there's sunk costs. I already invested this much. And I already have 10 people signed up. If I don't keep going, I'm going to lose everything. So that's where you have these, from what I was reading in your book, uh, um, garages filled of stuff in order to keep it going. Then once you get that, your life becomes an endless prospecting game where every person who has a pulse now becomes a mark. They become that. And then at the end, you work your tail off. You do everything. You follow the manual. You go to the meetings. Uh, you listen to your Upline, downline, you read, you do everything right, and you still don't. So you start to think, it's not them, it's me. I'm screwing up here. And do you have a lot of people who feel like failures, uh, want to just become despondent, depressed, that it's not the system that's rigged, it's their lack of effort? Well, I would say it's probably normal when when we don't achieve success uh, to think about our own failings. You know, that's normal anyway. But in this scheme, the idea that you were the screw up, it was your fault, is said to you powerfully, emphatically, right from the start. We have the greatest opportunity in the world. This is the American dream fulfilled. This is it. And corporate America is gone. The government, you can't count on that. Uh, and the costs, and it's closed, the doors are closing. But multi level marketing, this company is going to fulfill your promise. There's only one way that this wouldn't work for you, and that would be you. Mm -hmm. You're the weak link. You don't try hard you're enough. You're the weak link here. And, and by the way, you're the weak link. And, and I'm just yeah, sorry, you're to the loser. I'm sorry to interrupt you. You, you know, it's so powerful. When you hear a speaker, which I didn't know that there's there's scammers standing on stage, you see them and they all stories sound alike. I was on welfare. I was living in a box on the corner of 42nd Street in Times Square. I was getting one meal a week. I had nothing. My kids left me all that, and I built my zillions for them. They'll show you a house or a car that they're driving, and you see other people around at that this convention getting all these amazing gifts. So you must start thinking it, it's not it's not it's not the system. It got to be me. I got to work harder or do more. So that's part of the whole pitch. 
Yeah, it's because remember, they're going to lose. The data is, is very well established. You don't have to go wonder about this. I mean, it's been established in court cases and lawsuits, and it's very clear. And the model itself, you, you don't even have to go look at data. It can only support a tiny number of so-called winners on the backs of those losers. That's the model of it. So the whole narrative is a false narrative that anybody can do it. Of course not, not everybody could do it. But think of a, of a plan in which I'm gonna scam not just you and a few others, I'm gonna scam millions over a long period of time. I better have a great way to do this. So it takes you out of the realm of just flim flam and into the realm of very sophisticated propaganda, manipulation, uh, and mind control. A kind of cultism here develops. I have to get you to believe, not just believe me, I have to get you to have faith in this model so people do. They embrace this. They become believers. They become adherents. They become, they become proselytizers. They become, they become zealots. And become zealots. And so now when they fail, they take it all upon themselves wow. that they sinned in effect. And they're going to hell, which is the world of mediocrity, of losers, the, the realm of, of the losers. You know, that's what's going to happen to them now. And that's what they're told day after okay. day after day. That if you ever, if you ever quit then, you know, your, your, your life is really, and your family is, is not, your, your kids are not going to really amount to much as a result of that. So, you know, I've seen this where a person wants to quit and they go to the upline and they say, you know, I really thought more of you than this. I thought you cared more about your kids than to just walk away from this opportunity. Yeah, that's kind of hard. That's kind of heavy. That's rough, isn't it? Yeah, that kind of sucks. And that's normal. That is part of this narrative. So yeah, it can absolutely destroy people. And I have seen people just, you know, out, out of their losses from it. It's not just financial. They can't work anymore. They go into a despondency, self-blame. I've seen marriages uh, destroyed from this, as you can imagine. Okay, so now, when this kind of voice and influence enters into your life. This is this model that has been working for the past 40 years. One thing that I've heard of a couple of years ago, I forgot which company it was, was that, well, we're different. We're a different MLM. Is there such a thing? No, there is not. However, that story has become quite common in the MLM world. Over time, as these schemes proliferated, a body of experience began to do, to grow, you know, in the country, and and voices began to be raised. I will say that for many years it was very difficult to raise a voice of criticism, of analysis. Uh, they, these companies were litigious. They claimed you were interfering with them, you were slandering them, and so on. And the media was rel relatively dormant on it, so the average person really could not get you know, uh, much, much information on it. But it, the information is is out there now. And it, it is, uh, you know, in order to combat it, <clears throat> these schemes now say, okay, yes, that that one agreed, that one's a scam. Some of them even say, multi level marketing is a scam, but we're not multi level marketing. And then you look at it and there's the four elements all there. Again, still the endless chain, still the payments and the quotas, still you got to recruit and still the same money. Trend. They got the same lawyers. They use the same software. Even the leaders came from another MLM, you know, that they say now mm -hmm. they're not MLM. So, yes, this is a common diversionary uh, narrative that's out there as a result of a growing consumer awareness. Because, you know, now with YouTube and, and with Twitter, uh, back in the day, you might have been doing this and feel like the only failure in town. But now you just go online, you could see life destroyed by MLM and there's a zillion videos. That's right. There's a whole Reddit community, subreddit community now, over 700,000 people. Um, I sent you some links to uh, some media uh, that is, again, very new. This For so long, there was just uh, nothing in the media about this. But now uh, you've had the John Oliver show. You've had a Showtime series. 
in which MLM was the prominent factor in, 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 in the uh, story. Mm -hmm. uh, it fits into a lot of comedy stories now. Um, and so uh, it, it's beginning to, the truth of it, the reality, as I said, it's touched virtually every American household. Mm -hmm. Yet, you know, uh, Kramer on Seinfeld should have gotten an MLM. <laughs> But he never did, you know. I remember there was but a, always sunny in Philadelphia. Kevin Kevin James did get yeah. in one in King of Queens, so that's the that's how it's changed. Yeah, and always sunny in Philadelphia. They had uh, you got got, you know, a whole thing, and it's funny you selling. It's hysterical. Mm -hmm. So it's it's starting to get out yeah. there now. So now I'm I just did a search online, and I typed in MLM companies that are public, and it takes me to Nasdaq site. And there's an article by you. <laughs> and the title of the article is Wall Street Still Confused About Multi-Level Marketing But Starting to Hedge Bets. So now you, there is a list here of multi-level marketings, which I'm sure people would have no idea that they were multi-level marketings. The top of the list, this is, an, I believe, in alphabetical order. No, it's not alphabetical. It's by market cap. The first one you have here listed is Avon. Avon, that sweet lady ringing the doorbell in my neighborhood, selling my mother some cosmetics. You got to be wrong on that. Well, um, actually, that article is a few years old, right? And um, at that time, Avon was indeed uh, multi-level marketing. Uh, Avon didn't used to be the, the sweet lady that came to your door, the Avon lady, uh, or to your family's door uh, in the past. Uh, that's kind of all gone. You know, a Avon switched over to multi-level marketing around 2005. Mm. 2008, Avon ran the largest ad in its history during the American Super Bowl game. And in that ad, they never mentioned an Avon product. Mm. The entire ad was about recruiting sales reps. So they had flipped from selling lipstick to selling income opportunity. Mm. And so Avon, by the way, since then has declined massively. It has been purchased by um, a Brazilian multi-level marketing company now. Okay. Then. So others on, others on the list, uh, you know, go okay, down. Let, let me just go on. Let me go, go on yeah. here. Uh, you have New Skin. What do they sell? Or what are, what's their opportunity? Same opportunity. They all sell the same, same opportunity, opportunity, but what's the, what's the, uh, the, pro the product is a cosmetic, cosmetic skincare right. type of, uh, uh, as they say, pills, potions, and lotions. Okay. Herbalife. That's what pills and shakes. Yeah, and weight stuff. loss powder or weight gain powder right. or weight maintenance powder. It's the same powder, but whatever you need, okay. that powder works. That powder works. According to Herbalife. Right. USANA. USANA also skin, uh, vitamins, supplements, that sort of thing. That cosmetics and food supplements and skincare stuff account for a massive amount of it. Uh, Tupperware. My mother had a Tupperware party in 1970s. <laughs> I remember I put out the potato chips and these ladies sat there and they <laughs> talked, to, they did the burpee thing. Yeah. They loved it. We, had, we grew up on yeah. Tupperware. Tupperware. Yeah. yeah. And again, uh, this is Tupperware from the past. Tupperware was a, a very product-oriented uh, party plan business, had a unique product at the time. You know, it's almost become like a word like Xerox, you know, mm -hmm. a Tupperware, put it in a Tupperware, right. but millions of companies make that now. They have changed dramatically. They have declined. A couple of companies like Tupperware and Avon that have roots in real direct selling in the past have not done well as multi-level marketing has boomed their kind of business, they have tried to cling to the retail side of that business to their detriment. And now, if you look, you'll see that Tupperware's share value is down about 90%. Yeah, so so yeah, you, made, and, you made a good point, and I just wanted to make, make this distinction. There's a difference between direct selling, which Tupperware and Avon used to be, right. and there is multi-level marketing. And the difference is, and just tell me if I got this right, the difference between selling product versus selling a business opportunity. Is that the main distinction? Uh, maybe go a little further to, for that to make uh, real good sense. The business opportunity that can be resold infinitely. So it's, you know, people do sell business opportunities. They sell franchises, for example. Right. But I can't sell 100 franchises in the same neighborhood. 
that's against the law, right? I have to disclose to the franchisee how many there are. And I have to disclose a lot of other information, what their turnover is and their margins and so on. So, so, so. But the first distinction is correct. Um, multi Direct selling is about one at a time, personal, direct, retail selling. Oh, that was Fuller Brush. By the way, that was Fuller Brush also. We had a Fuller Brush guy come Fuller Brush, neighborhood. exactly. Fuller Brush is the classic door-to-door uh, -door selling. I, I have quite a bit in my book about the history of Fuller Brush. It was grueling work. And nobody ever got up on a stage. That I became a millionaire as a Fuller Brush man. Well, my, mother, my mother loved the product. She said the products are really good. Yeah. And, and my mother did too, as a matter of fact. And, and I recall that also. Um, but a Fuller Brush person did not recruit other Fuller right. Brush people. They were just trying to they sell. They just went out and sold, sold the product. They had a route. They right. had a territory. And, and they had to work like hell to so, do see, that. And the average sale was a few bucks, right. as it turns out. So, so those really were peddlers, modern-day peddlers. peddlers on, instead of a push cart, they walked door-to-door -door with a valise or sample yes. case. And, and that model is, let's say today, still revered in our lore. Right. The idea that, you, you know, Hard you work. can always go out there and sell something. Go hustle. And it, it, yes. And, and so uh, multi-level marketing, let's say, stole that identity, which is still a revered identity, but it does not resemble it. That is what you just described. That's direct selling. Multi-level marketing is an endless chain recruiting scheme. It's a pyramid recruiting scheme, and it's a money transfer okay. scheme. And the product, as you described, is the opportunity to recruit. Okay, so something like World Book Encyclopedia, that was direct selling. Direct selling. Why? Encyclopedia Britannica. Why? Because the guy was you had to go door to door to sell encyclopedias, selling Bibles. Yeah. Uh, all those things where the end product was what you had to move product. And you had to move it, and you got compensated as a percentage of the sale, right? So that, that right. was a simple thing. Yeah, the Pampered Chef, one of Warren Buffett's uh, Berkshire Hathaway companies, that was a party, uh, a party type. Uh, what is it called? Party plan. Uh, party plan. Yes. Which is explain that to me. Well, party plan has a a it's still multi level marketing actually because. Uh, you know, you you have a product line, you buy the product, you buy a bunch of inventory, then you organize these little group parties for friends, relatives, and so on, and they can purchase the product and you get commission when you sell it. Then you try to find somebody in that party to duplicate that party and then to become an agent for you and so on. And, and you know, again, when these products are new and, and if they have something truly unique, this you could actually make some sustainable money just holding parties but as the market has so exploded now it becomes the recruiting scheme right. again right. pampered chef is is and other uh, so-called party plans the real money the only real money is going to be if i can recruit a team how do I recruit them? Because they're not going to make it just like I couldn't make it without a team. They're going to need a team. So we're back into this illusory and deceptive endless chain proposition that ultimately can only support a tiny few at the cost of the others who in futility go out and try to make it work. But in the end, they're just feeding the money up. Okay. So, uh, Robert, this has been extremely enlightening, and I just want you to leave my listeners with this. Give me, in a one quick couple of sentences, not one, give me a few sentences in under 60 seconds, what, when I get a call for a business opportunity, what red flags, regardless of how new it is, regardless how revolutionary, regardless of how it's not multi-level, what are the few red flags that right off the bat, I should hang up the phone or just make sure never to go to these places. Well, I think you actually uh, identified them. First is they may not tell you precisely what it's all about. There, there's first red flag right away. Second, they want you to pay money for something that you can't really, they couldn't really fully explain to you. There's a second red flag. The third is a promise of steady income from doing something that we already know is kind of obsolete in America, 
selling goods door to door, person to person. You know, I want to tell you, I, on I, its face. I, I did not think of that. <laughs> you know, I get so sucked into the whole MLM concept and I'm saying, you know, you brought up a good point. Why the heck would anyone buy anything door to door when you go on Amazon or you go to Costco? Well, yes, online. Uh, who has time for sales pitches? Who's at home? Who's going to let you in the door unless they already know you today? I mean, the whole concept is silly on its face. But as you saw, if I can move around and give you a, a narrative that this is real, this is important, uh, and I'm leveraging trust. See, that person had a certain cred with you because you knew him. So right. if, if, if some stranger had come up and told you that story, you would have thrown him out the door in two seconds. But if it's somebody you know, and I, I truthfully think this is a, another red flag, is that friends don't really commercialize relationships like that. So the very idea of somebody, a friend or a relative, suddenly calling you out of the blue with this business opportunity, that in itself ought to be a red flag right. as well. Any, any, At the end of the day, if the word exciting opportunity, hmm. network marketing, multi-level marketing is involved, look out because it is far more than a, a business sham. It's a, a very dangerous, entrapping, cultish movement here in which uh, you can be sucked in and and you you could you could really become dominated and and persuaded. Everybody is vulnerable yeah, to this. Yeah, you got God. You know that's that's really. You know, I I just think of every time I've ever been offered an opportunity, I always ask, why God me? Out of seven point five billion people, out of all the people, <laughs> why did you call me? <laughs> and usually, it's never a good answer. And I basically hang up the phone. You know, it's like Warren Buffett said that if an oil man came from Houston and tried to sell him oil in Nebraska, hold on to your wallet, because everyone in Houston wasn't buying from <laughs> They know the oil business. Why are they coming to me? So when I get these once-in-a-lifetime opportunities, uh, you know, I, I count myself extremely lucky and thank them and just say, not for me. It just doesn't work. But look, you know, yeah. they have, it has all the psychological triggers, it's been a, a ex extremely refined uh, and battle-tested, uh, scientifically uh, scientifically a, a vetted process that works on human frailties and human insecurities and the aspirations of people and the goals. So it's playing into a a very very soft audience. That that you know. And then again, the people who do say yes, I'm interested in meeting. Ninety percent, you got them. Right, because if you were and that it, and that it's done out in the open, yeah, uh, enjoying literally exemption from regulation or oversight uh, makes it appear all the more credible to people. It's like, well, if if this is really Bed, a scam, yeah, yeah, I mean, then surely something would have been done. But unfortunately, today that's just not a reliable, uh, valid uh, proposition. You know, a, a mental proposition. Also, I will say there has not been a good, solid information about this. My book, as I mentioned, is the first one comprehensive book that traces this thing from the beginning to the end and really goes through it. There just hasn't been anything like this. And uh, there's now beginning to be some film documentaries on this that are beginning to come out. And I, I think there'll be more uh, coming along. But the public has really been left in the dark here un until quite recently. And I just want to point out your site, uh, Pyramid, or not your site, but a site that you're part of, and I'll put it down in the low, below in the description, pyramidschemesalert.org. Uh, that's, are you paid, is that a paid organization? How does that work? Not at all. It's, it's strictly, a, it's been developed over a long period of time with uh, various people that have contributed and made it possible. It's a public education, consumer education, everything's free. There's no advertising on it even. And it has been around for almost 20 years now, pyramidschemealert.org. So it's just a public interest uh, consumer education website uh, that, that offers some factual, simple information. It's not selling anything. And uh, it was, was when it started, which was in 2000, 
one of the only uh, resources out there for people to go and see some valid uh, information. There's more right. now, but that's its purpose. And you're not a lawyer. You don't make money by representing people who've been screwed by MLM. Uh, you don't uh, make, I don't know, do you make any money off of this MLM machine? Not not off the site, no. Of course, I'm selling a book. All right. I mean, so you there, have the book. There is, there's a royalty yeah. involved in the book. I mentioned that I've been in 37 court cases as an expert witness. You know, I've also done some consulting for Wall Street analysts, not, not on who to buy, who to sell or anything, but they come to me and say, just what you said, Charles, I, I see this scheme. It has a market cap of $3 billion. It's got, it's got, you know, 3 million people around the world into it. I've looked into it. I can't figure it out. How do they make money? How does this thing work? Is it going to collapse? And why doesn't the government do something? So they come to me for that. So I've done a fair amount of consulting to financial analysts, Wall Street analysts, uh, on these fundamentals. But, but if a multi-level uh, multi business was wiped off the face of the earth tomorrow, you'd be one of the happiest guys around. Uh, and it's not because you won't be able to make money as an expert witness, but you would consider a terrible wrong would now be eliminated. Is that, is that fair? Yes, I, I don't. I don't think that I'm particularly unique in this. It did touch something in me. I think seeing this many people manipulated, tricked, deceived, and and brought into loss, and then blaming themselves that this is done systematically. Uh, I, I think it did trigger something in me years ago that I I just didn't want to stand by and do nothing. What, what, was, what was your personal? What was your, it, it angered what me. What was your personal journey? Were you involved with one? Do you see some of a family, a friend lose a lot of money and end up really despondent? No, I my personal experience as I chronicle in, in the, my first book, False Prophets, I was in a pyramid scheme, recruited it like millions of other people or hundreds of thousands in that one in a scheme that was very related to multi-level marketing, they're called gifting schemes. It's essentially the same without a product, you know? So that tells you that these schemes can work even if they don't even bother uh, filtering it with a, with a product or disguising it with a product, but it was now, they're now called gifting schemes. Tens of thousands of people in my area in South Florida, where I lived, this was in the late eighties, got involved as I did, invited by friends. It created a mass mania it transformed people. It caused a kind of madness. Well, wait, wait, excuse me. What, what actually is a gifting? What, I don't even know what that is. So a gifting scheme is instead of my buying a thousand dollars worth of, of uh, inventory of soap or something like that, and then recruiting you to do the same. Uh, we're told that this is a network for sharing wealth and that uh, you put in money and then you, re, you there's a, a matrix and there's two and then four and then eight. And when the last eight come in, they give their money to the first person. And then the scheme, you move up the levels till you get there. And these things have been all over the country, Charles. 30 countries, 30 states in America have, have prosecuted them. So they're still around. And uh, I, they were... I was on NBC Today explaining this. It was on the Oprah Winfrey show trying to explain the folly of this, that it's a scam. But it has a narrative very much like multi-level marketing. This is networking, non-competitive, sharing economy, and so on. It's all BS because it's nothing but a pyramid scheme, total pyramid, money transfer, four levels. The last level gives the money to the top level. How much did you have to put into this? Quits. How much did you have to $1,500. And then and when you moved up four levels, you could get $12,000. So where did you go? That was the scheme I was in. You put in fifteen. dollars What allured you was 1500 turns into 12000 Right. Okay. And did you make that 12000 No, I didn't. But I, I got part of it, in my case, as I explained in the book, before it collapsed. And... Uh, so the whole thing was, uh, you know, crashed in. The reality crashed in on me. How could I have been there? Why didn't I see it? And look how we behave. We started preying upon, in your words, each other. We commercialized all our relationships. What happened to us? Many of us 
completely walked away from work and so on because mm. some people were making $12,000 in two or three days mm. and then doing it again and again. Several people made $100,000. But if you charted it all out, as I did in the book, 90% of the people had to lose. All right. So in the end, for all the hype and the craziness and the, and, and the madness and the frantic recruiting that went on, 90%, nine out of 10 people lost money. And, a, and the other 10th got the money that the others lost. Wow. And a few of them who were at the very beginning, they Any made the a money. boatload of money. Right. Wow. So that sort of sparked me to look, you know, into this world of this uh, delusional world of pyramid schemes. Wow. Uh, folks, the name of the book is Ponzi-nomics. The Untold Story of Multi-Level Marketing by Robert L. Fitzpatrick, uh, available on Amazon. I'll put a link down below as well as I'll put a link to the site, pyramidschemealert.org. Uh, Robert, you know, God bless you. You're doing, you're doing great work. Uh, just getting people to stop and think. And if you could, you know, save a couple of people from doing something stupid, I think you've had a happy day. I'm not alone. There's quite a few other people saying the same thing these days. But, yeah, that's the idea is to get some truth spread out there. All right. Thanks so much for being on the show. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you, Charles, for having me on. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Charles Mizrahi Show. If you're a new listener, welcome. If you've been listening for a while, we're glad to have you back. Either way, we'd love to know what you think of the show. Please leave a review if you listen on Apple Podcasts. Reviews make it easier for others to find the show. You can also see the video of the interview on the Charles Mizrahi Show channel on YouTube.